0: Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, the podcast for consciousness conversations with myself, Jeffrey Stegman, and And Clayton Stegman. As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. From your environment to your thoughts, Let's explore together how consciousness interacts with your everyday experiences.
1: In our last episode, we discussed the idea of a field of consciousness. In this episode, we look at several scales of consciousness, how they're used with kinesiology, and explore different ways to understand where your thoughts come from.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to Fields of Consciousness. We're happy to have you with us. We're your hosts, Jeffrey and Clayton. Today we're going to be looking into more detail about a specialized application of kinesiology, which is commonly referred to as consciousness kinesiology. And kinesiology is muscle testing, in this case. We'll also be discussing different scales of consciousness, uh, these tools are the foundations of our company, FLFE, Focused Life Force Energy, and how we create high consciousness fields. So we'll start talking about Dr. Hawkins' work, Dr. David Hawkins. And, Clayton, you first introduced that to me. Um, I had not heard of it before before meeting you. Uh, and we can talk about some other scales that I had studied prior prior to learning about Dr. David Hawkins. Um, when did you first hear about his work?
1: I first came across uh, Dr. Hawkins' work or, or David Hawkins' work in probably 2003. Um, I had a coaching practice at that time um, that specialized in where I specialize in business as a spiritual path. So I had a lot of obviously business people and they were exploring ways to apply, uh, Dr. Hawkins work to business, uh, particularly measuring people's levels of consciousness, trying to check if the things they were doing were in the highest and best interest of all creation. Mm. And uh, it was power versus force that everybody was reading at the time. And, um, yeah, basically, I uh, when I got into it, I started a study group with uh, two friends of mine, and we really dug into trying to get the uh, the kinesiology testing to be consistent. Mm. So that was my first intro. And um, yeah, Dr. Hawkins, he's a he's a longtime psychiatrist out of New York. He had a very large clinic at one time. I think he had fifty staff. I think it was the largest practice in the U.S. I've, I've heard that. I, I don't know how I would find that out, but um, yeah, he was well known. He had uh, a hospital build a certain uh, build a wing of the hospital just for his patients. Um, so he was, you know, quite accomplished professionally and personally. Um, you know, you can read in his books that he had um, when he was young. He was delivering papers, I think, in a snowstorm. I believe it's Wisconsin, um, and he had a near-death experience in a snowbank. Mm-hmm. Where the storm got so bad, he had to uh, he had to try to just dig a hole in a you know a snow cave basically and try to wait it out. And his father came and got him. And then uh, later on, and you know, he went through his own spiritual journey became an atheist for a little while, like like many of us for a short period of time anyway, where we wonder why God would allow so much suffering or what kind of God would mm-hmm. allow so much suffering. And then, um, you know, he became enlightened. And um, he was 43 years old. He had a major um, kind of life-threatening uh, illness. And um, he he was, you know, lying on the table, so to speak, and he just asked that if there is a, a God, that would help him. And uh, that was his turning point. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he's most probably well-known now for originating the, the map uh, or the scale of consciousness, mm-hmm. and he's got lots of, um, lots of YouTube videos, so there's lots of information out there about, about Doc, as he's known. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we talked last time, last episode about feeling in our bodies, these fields of consciousness. And boy, I noticed it when I watched Dr. David Hawkins on YouTube. It's like his, you know, field of consciousness around him is just transmitted through those videos. And I could just feel in my body. It's like such peace and my mind quiets. So it's great. It's a great thing to do is to to watch him. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember but, having a hard time sleeping. I
1: just read one of one of the David's books, you know, or watch his video. And usually about 20 minutes in, I start to I start to really quiet down.
0: That's the, like, if your mind's too active yeah. you read the book. Yeah. Yeah. That, that works for me too. And I find the videos do the same thing. Just have to wear your, Blue light blocking glasses for tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, what is the scale that he developed, Clayton, and you know, and the the different levels in it, and I know they correspond to feelings. Could you tell us, tell me more about that? I'd love to hear your details. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Dr. Hawkins is maybe best well known for creating the scale of consciousness. It's a scale from one to infinity. And the scale is, um, the measurements are done using muscle testing, as you mentioned, Jeff, or as we also refer to it, kinesiology. The specialization consciousness kinesiology is really the focus on measuring consciousness instead of using it to measure the appropriateness of supplements or, uh, or it's also used in chiropractic and other professions quite a bit. So basically it's, uh, yeah, from one to affinity, it's logarithmic. So two on the scale is 10 times more powerful than one. There is,
0: um, in the human realm, it's one to a thousand. And you can can find Dr. David Hawkins, you know, scale of consciousness or map of consciousness online. So you can see, you know, the different levels and the corresponding uh, emotions and view of the world you know, with, with those different, at those different levels.
1: Yeah. So on, on Hawkins scale, uh, shame is 20 out of a thousand uh, despair is 50. And, um, so 150 is anger. 100 is fear. 200 is courage. That's where integrity starts on, on his scale. And then 250 is neutral. 300 is willingness. 400 is reason. 500 is love. 600 is peace. And the beginning of enlightenment, and then 700 enlightenment ripens, and then that goes up to a thousand in the human realm. Mm. So, if you were thinking, like, what is 150 or anger, road rage is a pretty good example of that. Mm. Um, yeah, there's you know, if you look at the, the scale of consciousness, you'll see in one of the columns that he talks about the emotions of each state. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah it's very it's very sort of common sense when you when you spend some time with it pretty mm-hmm. accessible that way
0: yeah I find it interesting that the the really low levels like despair there's such low energy there you know like depression like people that can hardly get out of bed um and then once you get into anger there's definitely more energy there um, you know people start to act out i mean there was in one of our webinars on the FLFE, uh, website, we talked about the history of consciousness and we talked about during the last year and a half or so, and that period of the attack on the Capitol and the the United States going to anger and that kind of that feeling of anger and so definitely more energy there. And then, so as you go up, you get more and more energy into those upper levels.
1: Yes. Uh, sometimes the, the transition to the upper levels can be tiring because the, the body is adapting mm. to higher levels of consciousness. And we'll talk about that in the future about how to nutrify the body to help with the transition. Mm-hmm. And yes, typically uh, at the higher levels, there's more resources of every kind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So at each level personally, so we, you know, you can look at the world, you can look at things other than um, a human you can look look at a place like we've talked about in previous episode, how a place feels that you could use kinesiology then to measure the level of consciousness of that place. And, you know, something that was at 50 or really low would, you know, feel really kind of heavy and low energy where those pilgrimage place spots or cathedrals would have that kind of elevated feeling of energy and a high, high level of consciousness yeah on a real exactly. practical
1: day-to-day level if you're if you've ever been to uh, an old battlefield, many of them have that heaviness still mm-hmm. there. If people do prayers and blessings or, or different things to raise the energy, the memory will still be on the land but the trauma won't be there. Mm-hmm. So you can have a place where there was a war that could calibrate at four or five hundred that land and you know the trauma would not be there but you would still be able to access the, the memory if you know how to do that. So it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting study and it's very, you know, it's just very common sense. Most of mm-hmm. us like to be around kind people, you mm-hmm. know, anger is, you know, it gets a bit old. It gets a bit, <laughs> bit kind of repulsive mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, anger is an easy place to get stuck in, especially mm-hmm. when you're frustrated with the way the world is or even yourself in it.
0: You know, it's, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's something, I think it's something we all have to grow through.
0: Yeah. And so personal LOC or personal level of consciousness would say you're in anger mm-hmm. or you're, you're in maybe unconditional love, say at 540 to 560, which is where the FLFE, uh, environment is. Say you're in unconditional love. It's more fun to talk about than being in anger. Um, that it's how you see the world then. So you, you're, you're at this level of unconditional love. You just love everything. Um, and so that's this like wearing rose-colored glasses. Maybe comes from it's like everything, everybody looks like you know lovable. Everything looks lovable. Um, yeah, there's a term called uh, Pollyanna that's coming to mind. <laughs> you know,
1: they did this. See, everybody is you know everybody's doing the best they can. Everybody's trying. Mm. You know, and everybody's a good person inside, and they're they're just you know they have lost their way for a while. And, you know, at anger, everybody's wrong, you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, all the drivers on the road are horrible. You know, we got road rage. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. At anger, the, the world is not a, it's not a
0: safe place. Yeah. And in, in, in the Winnie the Pooh books and cartoons, there was, Eor, which was that, always had a dark cloud over his head. He was just always depressed, and everything was bad and wrong. He's an example of somebody that's in that like despair level of consciousness, you know. And he'd just drag around, you know. He would just walk very slowly, and you know, talk very slowly. So it, it was a great example of someone in that that level.
1: Yeah, when you mentioned uh, Eor the other day, and I remembered it was a donkey. From Winnie the Pooh. And forever after my my perception of donkeys has been skewed. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're kind of stubborn and slow, but it's like, oh my God, that's where I got that from, is from EOR Winnie the Pooh. So Yeah, I've met some nice
0: donkeys along the way. <laughs> yeah,
1: so there's, there's this the idea of scales isn't new to to probably anybody listening to this. Um, you know, there's scales in school, you get a grade, right? a scale of one to a hundred, but you, you've, you've explored some other scales, Jeff. Um, why don't you talk about some of those and maybe other people have studied those as well.
0: Yeah. Before we met Clayton and before I learned about Dr. David Hawkins, uh, I was studying Ken Wilber's work and went to Denver and did some courses there with him and other people in his organization. And um, spiral dynamics was a scale that they were using and spiral dynamics integral sort of takes in the integral theory that that, that Ken Wilber has brought to us. Um, and in spiral dynamics, it is sort of map-like. You know, they they show these transitions, and they call it an evolution of memes or worldviews. So, so it's like different colored glasses. You know, like we were just talking about along the way. So there's a world, different worldviews as you evolve, and Don Beck. Don Beck was one of the authors of that originally, and took it took it further into integral. And um, yeah, Ken Wilber's work really was is wrapped around levels of consciousness, uh, what he calls in lines, different areas of your consciousness or different areas of of your life, um, and levels of consciousness using the uh, spiral dynamics map, and then states of consciousness, which would be more short term you know, like a meditation event or, you know, workshop you went to. Um, Robert Keegan was someone else that I've learned from Ken Wilber. He's a Harvard um, psychologist. And um, he also studied levels of consciousness. And there were five kind of evolution or stages, or what he calls them, orders of consciousness. So yeah so i was already it's interesting i was already studying like levels of consciousness and really sort of into it and seeing how it really does describe the world and how people act and why someone sees the world the way they do and then once you introduced me to dr david hawkins it just got even to, you know to a deeper much more um, know concrete level for me because with kinesiology you can measure consciousness uh so at the end of the episode we'll talk about more you know concrete sort of practical ways um to to manage your thoughts uh, and give yourself more freedom and that's kind of related to the last episode and you know your thoughts are may not be your thoughts they may be coming from somewhere else so that's something we'll touch upon later and at the end of the episode
1: and Jeff, so, didn't you uh, didn't you do some some work with um, cultural transition consultants where they were bringing in different aspects of consciousness in, into your companies?
0: Well, Spiral Dynamics was really helpful there um, because in Spiral Dynamics you see um, the world in a certain way and. Um, when you're in say red what they call red and this corresponds to the chakra levels um you're very independent and if you 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 only um uh, you only respect strength somebody's more of a badass than you are and um so when when you talk to someone like that you have to you have to be strong you know you can't please and you, you have to be in their face um And the army has been really good at taking people at those levels of consciousness and moving them into more, uh, respect for authority. And then you have other people who respect authority and they're in the pyramid of, you know, the chain of command, and they want to be told what to do. So you talking to that kind of someone in that level, you you want to tell them what to do, because if you don't, and you just discuss it, and what do you think? You know, there, there's, of course, subtle levels of this, but it's it's we use it in these transitions for how to, to speak to someone where they are, like meet them where they are, how they see the world. And then if you get into green and in that scale, it's more, um, you know, you want to talk, every, everybody gets a voice, and you talk through everything. And it's, you know, it's a much longer decision-making process, but it's very... Everybody's on board. So, yeah, so that's how we used it in in the business was to really understand where people come from and how they see the world and how they can get on board with the changes that were happening and um, really be be excited about it. Yeah, this is real practical stuff we're talking about. And um,
1: Mm -hmm. if you have a a high intent towards the people you work with and you're in service to your customers and generally in service to others rather than service to self, you're likely going to come across or be working with some type of
0: scale of consciousness that you're trying to move through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's part of just connecting to people in a way that's real for them and real for you is that understanding where they are. So you can really, really get to a conversation, a real conversation, uh, not be, talking down to someone or up to someone or, you know, uh, it's, yeah, it's being in a being in a business and running a consciousness, a business, you know, it's a spiritual path as we talk about in FLFE, uh, it's really meeting people where they are. So what is muscle testing? So we talked about kinesiology being muscle testing. Um, how do you do that? I see you with your hand, you know, off to the side sometimes. Give, explain to us how you, how you personally do it. And...
1: Well, muscle testing is, is based upon the premise that we're, we're connected to all that is. We're connected mm-hmm. to the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's a way for us to bypass the mind. Mm-hmm. We have to use the mind in forming the inquiry or asking the question, It's really a question in a form of a declarative statement. But it's just recognizing that the muscle will go, uh, will stay strong or go strong uh, with a positive statement and will go weak around a negative statement. It will also go weak around a negative stimulus. So if you're holding, if you're thinking of buying something in the supermarket and you want to know if it's healthy for your body or not, you can just hold it in front of your solar plexus you know, and like I have some Mm -hmm. post-it notes here. And if I just hold it in front of my solar plexus and Mm -hmm. say, this is a, this is an appropriate food for my body. You know, you'll go backwards for no and forwards for yes.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, So it's just the body's own innate intelligence Mm
0: -hmm.
1: moving in a certain direction. And, And then you could get into scaling things. So scaling is interesting. Um, we, we, to, we grew up with scaling in school. You, know, you get an A, it's 80% or higher. Um, I think a B is 70, a C is 60. It's been a long time since I've been in school. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's right. And then we use uh, a lot of scaling and FLFE to test the variables and optimizing the environment. And uh, we use uh, things called parallel scales. So we use the Hawkins Scale of Consciousness quite a bit. And then we'll use a scale parallel to the Hawkins uh, scale of consciousness where 1000 represents another factor. And so that way you're using all the logarithmic
0: um,
1: aspects of the, of the scale and you're using, um, you know, all of the research and uh, resourcefulness that is in that whole body of work. And, you know, the, the scale of consciousness is very well researched. And, you know, then you can look at, how appropriate different things are, and um, you know, it becomes really helpful. And you can all you can also use a percentage scale. Percentage scales aren't as accurate unless you redefine the scale where uh, one hundred rep- represents being in the ultimate li- alignment with divinity. Mm. Because any scale that doesn't have divinity as the ultimate source of truth or all that is or the universal intelligence, whatever you want to, some people call it God, whatever you call it. Um, If a scale doesn't have that as the ultimate truth, it limits the level of consciousness of the scale, which increases the variability in your answers. So that's really important when you're looking at scales is to find the highest consciousness scale that you can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about that in future episodes in probably more detail.
0: Yeah, I like the logarithmic aspect of the scale, too, of the, the Hawkins scale. In that, um, you know, it's 10 times more for each point upwards. So when I'm looking at appropriateness of food, I'm in the supermarket. Um, in that case, you know, I, I use the heart expansion and contraction that we talked about in previous episodes. Uh, and I've also, also used a pendulum to to connect to that core, you know, bypassing the mind to that collective consciousness that divinity within however you want to to look at it um and i've been to allergists using uh a cuff uh where the cuff measures the pressure on an arm so they were like one person had the person being tested had their arm out and they had a cuff on and the allergist was pushing on the cuff so to to have the pressure be the same each time and they would move a different substance in um, and you go, you, know, you go weak if you're allergic to it.
1: Um, have you ever had a chiropractor, Jeff, that's used kinesiology with you? I have, no? yeah.
0: No. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, but the scaling is is really so helpful. I mean, just when you're looking at comparing, say, two different foods or for us comparing two different fields of consciousness – to really know, wow, this one's ten times higher. It's you know, it's a point higher, and it's really how we developed FLFE was being able to measure the effects and and also measuring what's the optimal level, you know, for a, for a house to be. Um, part of our mission there is supporting the evolution of consciousness in an economized society where you're uh, going to work and paying your rent and or mortgage and you know if so testing that kind of sweet spot level where if it was if the environment was really high say it was in the six or seven hundreds up in those non-linear enlightenment stages you know do you really want to get up and go to work you know it's like does it matter um so one of the keys for me also with i was so fascinated when you when you taught me this, and when we first started talking about Dr. Hawkins, was this non-linear or non-local, you know, so this chiropractor and allergist, that was all local where it's, you know, they're testing me and we're standing together in the same room, but Dr. Hawk, David Hawkins discovered it's non-local, you know, this quantum connection where you can test the truth of something which might be uh, the level of consciousness of a field across the planet in you know Sweden at a particular address that we can test the level of consciousness of that field, and it comes back to the quantum connection we've talked about in previous episodes, like that, which is examples of twins and mother and children, where there's that instant connection that there's this kinesiology non-local. How did you first um, start to use that? You know, back in the early days of using. I know in early days of FLFE, kind of before we started FLFE, you were looking at um, different different areas, like raising consciousness, in different areas. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, if, if for those of you who are interested in the history of kinesiology, you can go back to Dr. George Goodhart. He was mm-hmm. really well-known for his uh, kind of local phenomena experiments. And um, yeah, when I read Power versus Force, based upon the recommendation of my clients and my coaching practice, what I f- started thinking was, well, if you can measure someone's level of consciousness, then you can probably measure it in a certain part of their life. Mm. And so I developed uh, assessments measuring people in about 10 different parts of their life. And that's where we started to make um, really big gains with people who had these parts of themselves that they weren't maybe acknowledging how low it was or they didn't know. And then we were able to measure the level of appropriateness of different tools to help them raise their consciousness.
0: Yeah, I was one of those people. (laughs) It was a a great tool. Yeah, I was a client of of yours then. And boy, that was a great tool. It's like to find those parts of my consciousness that were low aspects of my consciousness, which correspond to the lines of the lines that, um, Ken Wilber uses. So it was really interesting to me when you started doing that, because it was, I'd already was familiar with, okay, there's different aspects of us, you know, that are, some might be high, some might be low. And, um, finding those low spots, uh, where I was low in consciousness where there was a, yeah, like an un, unacknowledged or unaccepted or unloved, you know, part of myself. And, uh, yeah, I remember doing some work with you on, um, my father and that relationship, um, side, you know, relationship, uh, aspect of my consciousness and which really, really made a difference in my life.
1: Yeah, we all have those those places in our life that we're, you know, we're working on. And sometimes, you know, we're typically conscious that there's an issue, but we may not know we calibrate at 180 out of 1000 in that area of our life, or we calibrate at 150 or 210. And to see the contrast between, you know, that area and some area where you're six or 700, the evidence is peppered throughout our life. You know, it's really there in the reality of day-to-day living. If we and if we can measure the influence and support the person to to see the outward evidence, uh, if, if if the person wants to change, it makes it a lot easier to to do so. You know, it's harder to hide. It's harder to hide out in your own story when the evidence is all over your life.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it could be in your physical body too, like ailments and pains, and and we've discovered. Since, you know, we work together as, you know, client and coach, consciousness uh, coach in FLFV, that in, in a high consciousness field, that these things start to move, that we're supported to rise in all those areas. Um, and uh, that's why, you know, people go to pilgrimage sites and they go to, you know, church or the synagogue or the mosque and they pray or they in, are in a, with a group of people that you know have a have a good intent that that we start to rise in those areas um or as we talked about last time we're around someone with a field of consciousness that is really high in a certain aspect like if you're 990 in financial management being around somebody like that then helps your own level of consciousness and financial management to go up so that so those feel being in those high fields um, is really helpful for this evolution of consciousness we're talking about.
1: Yeah, if a person's high enough, it's traditionally known as the grace of the guru, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the people in the personal development field would acknowledge that. You know, you're you're most like the five people you spend time around, or whatever the number is. That different people say it's mm-hmm. different different uh, numbers of. Of influences but we're definitely affected by those around us mm-hmm. and the environments we're in at, at home in the office and mm-hmm. even in society over at large i mean you know obviously 2020 was a was a rough year and the world went to its lowest level of consciousness in april probably for that month it hadn't been that low since the, the dark ages you know 1300s or something like that with low we'll talk about that in a few your episode as well we've done the last 3000 years of the level of consciousness of the planet and, and we'll run it right up to, you know, the current day and show you some of the changes that the, the earth has been going through from that point of view. And this, so this whole, this whole um, consciousness thing and, and muscle testing kinesiology is if you want to try for yourself, it's really easy. You can just get, a, you know, an envelope with some artificial sweetener, like sweet and low, and you can put, um, you know, not that brown sugar is a great food, but some brown sugar in an envelope. Most people will test positive for, for brown sugar, and most people, uh, will, like literally all people will test uh, negative for artificial sweeteners. Um, so you can play around with that, just hold it in front of your body and just see if your body wants to move towards it or, or back back from it. I just just wanted to leave you with something that is really simple, where you can just go into
0: your fridge and start trying things out. Mm-hmm. So being aware of these fields of consciousness and how they affect us, uh, something we've been talking about, and what we mentioned last week was thoughts, you know, that these thoughts that we think we are thinking, that we think they are our thoughts that they, are, they may be coming from the environment, from the field of consciousness, whether they're kind of collective societal size thoughts or, you know, thought forms, or they're related to some local event or something that happened at a place. Um, so that was, what we, that was kind of the takeaway or the final uh, practical tip that we had last week was, you know, is this thought my thought? So since the last episode what have you had any uh, thoughts that you realized weren't your thoughts? Clayton.
1: Yeah, well there was uh I'm up in British uh, British Columbia in a small town called Nelson in the in the mountains where the head office of FLFE is and and uh, right now we have a lot of smoke in the air because of some local fires. We've had a really dry June and we're halfway through July now 2021. And when you have those local fires, you know there's a lot of ash in the air, a lot of smoke. And uh, there was a little town here locally called Lytton, a local you know, 600 miles away. It's big Canada's a big country. Local is you know five, six hundred miles. Um, the, the town burnt down. And there's been uh, forest fires here in the past, just like there's been large ones here in California and other places. And when the smoke started to come into town, and it's been here for a few days, I noticed my level of uh, kind of fear start to amp up about what could happen. So really, so what's occurring is that there's smoke in the air, and the story in my mind is that there's going to be fires that are going to you know damage property and kill people, et cetera, et cetera. And so all of those thoughts, I determined, well, the the, the exaggerated fear thoughts were from the collective consciousness of all the people that are afraid of fires. Mm. They really weren't my thoughts. Mm. I mean, the evidence is there's smoke in the air and some ash and that's it. And there's reasonable precautions you can take, but the story of how the fires might hurt people that those weren't my thoughts. I was from the collective, collective mm. consciousness. So, um, and you got a, you got, you got a story too, don't you, Jeff? <laughs> I was-
0: <laughs> yeah i was at a uh, county fair this past week past last weekend and um uh, you know you go to a county fair and they're they're kind of similar everywhere and we just had i just had the thought to have a to have a creamy whip right have an ice cream and audrey's like right on board yeah yeah let's do that and we're walking past like you know fried dough and and uh all sorts of you know just really bad for you corn dogs and uh those yeah donut, corn dogs, holes, donut holes, yeah corn dogs were definitely there on the list <laughs> yeah and and the thought was yeah let's eat it stop here get out the money you know it was it was um the thought form of eating those like quote-unquote treats um as part of the experience part of the experience of being there at the county fair and so you know when i checked later no that wasn't my thought and i think we checked when you and i talked about it it wasn't my biome you know it wasn't like candida's talking either it it was you know the thought form in that maybe on that land because that county fair is there every year there's the vendors it was the last day of the fair and they were like okay we got to sell you know got to sell out our ice cream mix and you know so and all the people that were there. So there was those, those thought forms that came in. And so, and you know, another example is going to watch a movie and, you know, you got to have popcorn, right? It's like the popcorn thought is just such a strong thought. It's really hard to resist it.
1: Yeah, you were, you got to be really clear about what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat, going to a theater. Otherwise, you know,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a county fair. <laughs> and, a, and a county fair, yes.
1: I think those yeah. are the, the challenges that people have when they go on, you know, and they try to change their, their, their eating habits, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you're, you've got those thought forms talking to you. Yeah. Uh, so, Clayton, what are, what are some examples in, in your experience mm-hmm. of higher consciousness thoughts replacing, for instance, you know, the fear thought about fire? What would be a higher consciousness thought?
1: Well, in that example, the thought that, uh, I consciously chose was I am safe in this moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. I will take reasonable precautions. And, uh, you know, I tend to be a little bit, a bit of a technical, you know, that's a pretty technical scientific geeky type of thought, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's usually where I go to. It's kind of that little scientist in me that, you know, has these, has these resources, uh, in terms of thoughts, but that, that's what I that's what I said in that case. Did you have yeah. Did you have one for
0: the creamy whip, or or <laughs> uh, is there some other one you want to mention? Well, that one that one would be interesting. I mean, it would for me. It's taking care of my body and giving giving food to my body that really helps it to be healthy and to evolve. So, mm. so I would I think the thought I would put in is you know I'm, I'm healthy and I eat healthy food for my body. Yeah, And and there's that negative self-talk, you know, that comes up, you know, lock the keys in the car. Boy, I'm an idiot. Um, You know, replacing with, you know, I made a mistake and I'm resourceful and we'll find a way to get the car open.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Those are really, those are good times to be conscious of the momentum that can happen when you start, in your heart and yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite go to all around thought, <laughs> replacement thought is uh, I love and accept myself just the way I am. Wasn't that a song? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it isn't, it should be. <laughs> well, love is all you need. I know oh, it's just that one. <laughs> no, it's just the way you are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great
1: yeah there's there's some standard ones like that. another one is um uh, I forgive myself, everyone and everything involved in this experience mm. and I release it to my higher power for healing now mm. that's
0: great, so that's another one that uh
1: and that's a thousand out of a thousand that one
0: that's like a universal wrench for yeah of positive thoughts
1: yeah that's true enough, yeah that's the adjustable that wrench will fit any nut. <laughs>
0: So occasionally in these these podcasts, we'll talk about a thousand out of a thousand phrase. So this is calibrating the truth of a statement. And when it's thousand out of a thousand, that's just, you know, that's at the top. And it's really fun to take those uh, or take a phrase and measure the level of consciousness of it. And then, you know, kind of Turn it into the thousand out of a thousand phrase, and we're starting a list of those. So, the one relating to this, we talked about in a previous podcast don't believe every thought that you experience. So, that's a thousand out of a thousand. And where what it started from was don't believe everything you think. And I think that one was around 600 or so, Clayton. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about the fear of the fire, and I was thinking about the uh, craving of the ice cream, it was more of an experience than a thought. It was a feeling, there was like a feeling and emotion attached to the thought. So it makes sense to me that don't believe every thought that you experience would be higher because sometimes it's not like a thought, but it's more of an experience of a feeling. Yeah, there's a kind of a visceral,
1: physical, like nod in your stomach or something like that. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's typically a logical sequence of refinement that you will be able to discern when you go from, say, a 400 truth to a 600 truth, Mm a 600 out of a thousand truth to a thousand out of a thousand truths. So we're just trying to give you an example of that type of reasoning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll do some more of those in future episodes.
1: Yeah. So a thousand of a thousand means the ultimate truth. It's the highest truth available in that context. Mm. So if we're looking at the context of the thoughts that you think, you know, reframing it to the thoughts you experience is another way of of revealing a higher truth because the Mm. thought just isn't in the,
0: in the cranium or in the brain it's you know can affect our whole being Mm, yeah so so it is really a higher truth and i tend to think of it too like when we measure something that's in the 400s which is more reason kind of scientific materialism like you know where north america is normally 410 or so 420 Um, and then as you as the truth moves up into the 600s and above, that it gets more including of the nonlinear or kind of what's underneath reality as we know it, perhaps. Um, and then as we get, you know, higher and higher, it's even more and more true in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, so I
1: guess our takeaway uh, this week or the, uh,
0: the opportunity
1: for you to uh, practice being a consciousness researcher yourself is to pay attention to where uh, you're having these thoughts in which environments and um, you know, remember that you can always choose a higher consciousness thought. So it's mm-hmm. a bit of a thought management technique where you mm-hmm. can have a thought about the about the ash in the air and or the smoke in the air in my case and what it might mean and if you're paying attention, you can realize that your mind wants to make a story up about that. And the evidence is only that there's ash in the air and, you know, maybe take some reasonable precautions, but don't let
0: fear uh, run the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that certain environments, you know, may have thoughts waiting for you, as we've said, um, just being, being aware of that So once those thoughts occur, then what what would the technique or thought management technique be? Once you notice you have, say, you could call it a a negative thought or a thought you don't want, you know, really want to have. Well, this is like a whole hour discussion, but typically what I do is
1: I'll say to myself, cancel that thought. And then, Mm. um, you know, some people joke in the social situation, they'll say something kind of negative you know, on purpose, then the goal, cancel, cancel, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I typically say to myself, you know, I cancel that thought or, or I'll just recognize internally that that's not my, that's likely not my thought. And then I can use kinesiology because I'm pretty well practiced at it to determine where it's coming from. And then I'll just replace it with another thought. It's like in the case of the fire, I'm going to take, uh, I'm, go- I'm going to have a plan for our household if there's a big fire in town that we all know what's, what's happening. We know where our passports are. We're going to get our documents in a, in a backpack. And, uh, and if we have to grab it and go, then we we know where everything is.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are those, those negative self thoughts, you know, like judge self judgment thoughts that can show up, you know, it's patterning from childhood or, you know, might be, uh societal as well but you know having that negative self-thought like oh i always make mistakes or there i go again making a mistake or um real you know catching those and then putting in having a positive higher consciousness thought you know a loving thought or a you know forgiveness thought if it's about someone else or even yourself yeah forgiving yourself
1: a big topic. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time on this in the future. We just wanted to open the door to you today and connect it to the idea of high consciousness fields. In a high consciousness field, you don't have uh, very many negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of the field. And in the low consciousness field, there's there's a, a different type of thinking that goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. So step one is awareness and Step two then would be choosing, you know, a higher consciousness or a more positive thought. Yeah. And I think, you know, another aspect of that is also paying attention in your body. Because as we've said, it can show up in your body rather than a thought. So it might be like a craving or a knot in your stomach, as you said. So where is it in your body? May also be uh, information as you, you know, to develop your awareness of, um, you know, thoughts that are coming in that aren't yours.
1: That's a good point. Many people discern it in their physical body before they recognize it in their, in their head, if you will. Yeah. That's very true.
0: Well, in the next episode, we'll get deeper into low and high consciousness fields. And, you know, we've talked about some of that today and how that can really affect you. So, it would be great to get into more detail and really talk about kind of examples of those and where you might run into those around the world.
1: Thank you for joining Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of consciousness conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of Focused Life Force Energy for 15 days. This is a big part in our life's work, our goal being to support the optimal conditions for the evolution of consciousness in an economized society.
0: FLFE creates a pristine, loving, energetic environment for people to thrive in. It's our free gift to you, no credit card required. So we invite you to subscribe to this Fields of Consciousness podcast and tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11, 11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward.